Hey, I thank God for each and every one of you. Um, I thank you for continuing to keep our pastors, Barry and Megan, in prayer as they're refueling during their sabbatical month. And we have a special guest speaker today. He's one of our associate district supervisors. Uh, he assists the Foursquare Hawaii office as the church health coach to all pastors, counselors, and church leaders in the district. And he's also a corporate coach as he founded two construction companies uh, which have built medical and dental clinics in Nepal. Uh, he and his wife Heidi have five children and I'm thankful he has been a resource and an encouragement to our pastor. We welcome Pastor Kiha and thank you for sharing God's word with us today. Well, Aloha Thrive Church. Yep, it's me, Kiha, coming at you all the way from Kaneohe, Hawaii. What a privilege it is for me to be with you today. Hey, is there anybody here who loves your pastor as much as me? I don't think so. I love him a lot. Can I tell you a story? A couple of years ago, I was having the hardest season of my life. Heidi and I were just in a rough spot. I had taken a trip. Um, I was on that trip with your pastor, Barry, who was my roommate. And um, in the middle of the trip, Heidi called to say, hey, hon, I'm, I notice I'm having panic attacks and, and actually I've been having suicidal thoughts all day. And I went, babe, I'll, I'll be on the next plane home. Just hang tight. And she goes, no, no, it's okay. I've got friends. I just wanted you to know. She said, who are you with? I said, I'm with Barry. She goes, you'll be okay. Trust me, it's going to be okay. I just wanted you to know. Your pastor, Barry, he stayed up with me that night. I was, I was shaking like a leaf. I was afraid. He prayed with me. He talked with me. He listened more than he talked. Man, what a great friend. And he walked me out of what was the toughest time of our lives, really the toughest time of my life for sure. Well, thank God that on this side, Heidi and I are living a really great life. We love the life that God gives us. We're flourishing. All of those places where we were hurting have been healed completely. We're both serving the church and we can't believe that we get to live this life. I want to tell you that I also got to be with your pastor in Israel. Yep, the promised land. What a great trip that was for us. Um, I got to see him in lots of places and he got to see Heidi and me traveling together and it was really a sweet thing to do that in the promised land. And I pray that you church, every single one of you, that you one day would get to walk in those places, the same footsteps of Jesus. Yeah, I bless you and pray for you that that would happen. Can I show you another place that has lots of promise for me? Yep, this is my home. This is Hawaii. I'm showing you a picture of Waikiki. Some of you have been there. 
Some of you recognize Diamond Head in the back and the ocean. I'm not sure that all of you know this canal next to Waikiki called the Alawai. The Alawai Canal captures all the water coming from the Ko'olau, all those rivers coming down before Waikiki in the days of our Ali'i, in the days of our monarchy. We had that whole area was full of patches of taro and, and rice. And um, so there was flooding all through Waikiki. So one way they stopped the flooding is to build the Alawai Canal. Well, something crazy happened in the early 2000s. There was a huge sewer main break right in the middle of Waikiki. And the engineers figured out this was such a huge break. They're going to have to do something with the sewage. If they plugged up the sewer line, it would mean every single room in every hotel, in every condominium would back up with sewage. Of course, they couldn't have that. So they even thought, well, what if we brought a bunch of honey wagons and we filled the tanks of every wagon and just around the clock, take them to the nearest sewage pump station? Well, they saw that that wasn't gonna work. So somebody made the great idea to, to dump it into the Alawai. Yeah, oh my gosh. This is that picture. 48 million gallons of raw sewage in the Alawai. Amazing. <laughs> I'm sort of a math geek. I really am a nerd that way. And I, I was wondering, how much is 48 million gallons? So I calculated it. Let me show you how. Here's the Aloha Stadium. And I figured out if you poured 48 million gallons onto the field, that field would rise in water higher than the orange in the seats, higher than the blue, higher than there's red in there. And the top part is yellow. It would go higher than the yellow. In fact, 48 million gallons would go higher than the highest place of the Aloha Stadium by another 30 feet. Oh, yeah, that's a lot of raw sewage, you're right. Well, let me tell you a sad story that happened. While they were pumping the sewage into the Alawai, there was a young person who fell in, a man who they don't even know how he had gotten there and he doesn't remember. But by the time they pulled him out, he was already in bad shape. They got him to the hospital and the hospital saw that he had contracted a flesh-eating disease and his organs started to shut down. They were trying to keep him alive. The only way they could stop the flesh-eating disease is they had to amputate one leg. And what they noticed is he was starting to balloon he started to grow in size. The reports say that he, his volume was three times uh, what he was originally. The flesh-eating disease had attacked his other leg, so they had to amputate that leg too. It had contracted, it had uh, attacked his arm, 
so they had to amputate his arm. His mother said that she didn't recognize him only for his forehead. It's the only thing that looked the same. Even his earlobes had blown up in size. That poor lady held her son's finger while he passed away. That's the result of dirty, putrid, stinky water. Yep, that was our Alawai. Hey, you can see a picture of the Alawai right here. And while you might think that is sort of the sewage in there, that, if you look closely, is really fish. Yep, it's tilapia. Tilapia fish that grows in all kinds of places. In fact, we saw tilapia in Israel. I understand that is the fish of the Sea of Galilee, and that's what they call St. Peter's fish. Well, after hearing this story, I don't know if you're ever going to want to eat tilapia. Here's a question I have for you. You know those tilapia who are living in dirty water? Do you think that they know that it's dirty water? Like, think about that. Do the fish know that they're living in dirty water? Yep. I see some of your heads shaking. No, they don't know. They don't know because that's all they've known is dirty water. Can I tell you? Brace yourself. I'm going to bring it kind of challenging today. Some of you are just like those tilapia. You are living in dirty water and you don't know it. <laughs> Would you tell your neighbor, hey, babe, we've been living in dirty water. <laughs> yep. So you might be asking, how do you get out? How do you even know how to get out? Well, let me tell you what the word says. I understand that you read this this week in your Lectio Divina from Ephesians. Here's my prayer for you. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, that's you, his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Now that's a mouthful. What's that mean? He's saying he wants you to have eyes that can see that you've got a hope. And he wants you to know the riches that he has for you. And that you have power because you believe. I want to share with you what it is that you don't know that you have. This ability to get into clean water. This is what the word also says. From Luke 10, 21. At the same time, Jesus was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. And he said, Oh, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Hey, friends from Thrive, I ask us, would we set down all the things that we think where we're wise and clever? And would we be childlike today? I know that in your humble spirit, God will reveal some things to you. 
that will change your lives. I promise you. If I could only teach one thing, this is the thing that I would teach. When I learned it, it rocked me. Can I tell you a story? I shared this with a coach, a football coach, because I love football and I've been coaching football forever. But there's this a coach who has just been known to have a foul mouth, swearing on the field, yelling at his players, intimidating um, um, other uh, referees, um, just really what I call a guy in dirty water, very angry, very, very um, loud. He said he was passionate about the game, um, but his passion, most people didn't see. They saw it as real dirty water. Well, let me tell you, now that he knows this truth, he texted me, true story, today, 57 times, because he said, Coach, this thing works. It's true. It really works. I've taught these same things to my kids. My son now can see when I'm in dirty water, he goes, hey, Dad, um, can I just tell you what I heard you say? Like, I love the way he phrased that. He said, hey, Dad, can I just tell you what I heard you say? And as soon as he says it back to me, I can see that I'm in dirty water. So my kids are a mirror for me to let me see where I'm in dirty water. I love it. Just in the family, we're able to share with each other just a mirror so that we can see when we're in dirty water. So here's what I want to share. I want to give us three conditions by which you can have the kingdom of heaven right now. Yes, the kingdom of heaven itself comes to your marriage, in your family, in your house, in your small group, in your business. The kingdom of clean water can come to you today. Oh my gosh, I'm excited. Would you be, are you ready for this? Here we go. I understand you guys are learning about who God is. Yeah, who is God? Well, here's what the word says. He's the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Yep, three different people, separate people, yet they work so closely together that they are one. Yeah, it's a divine mystery. They are so in tune so aligned that they really are considered one. That's what our prayer is for you and for those of you in your families, that you would be so close together that you would be one. Yep, let me tell you, let me tell you how they relate. Here it is. Here's the three secrets right here. The three conditions by which you could have the kingdom of heaven come in. Write these down. Yep, I see some of you writing them down. Thank you. Unconditional love. Lots of us will love. Lots of us will love the good but hate the bad. But could it be that you love like the Father loves us? Unconditionally. He loves both the good and the bad. right? And he's still hoping that we would come to know him closer and more. Here's the second one, humble service, humble service. There's lots of us who might serve, 
Um, I know I've been one for long to be serving with pride, serving to be noticed, serving for the accolades. But Jesus asks us to be like him, to serve humbly. Would you, church, take that down as condition number two? And here's number three, that we would have unbreakable unity, that forever the way that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit work is that they're unbreakable. You can't break them apart. They are always together. They're always aligned. They're always one. That's what he wants for you and me. But here's the cool thing. Here's the money. This is how they work together. This is how they uh, govern the kingdom of heaven. And they say this as their next <laughs> beautiful word from God. In Genesis, it says, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. What? <laughs> yep. Let us make mankind. Who's the us there? Yeah, you're right. It's the Trinity. They're saying, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Wow. We're supposed to look like them? And we're supposed to act like them? Are you getting the picture? Here we go. What would it look like if Heidi is on one side and I'm on the other, matching and building a relationship just like the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are? We mimic the way they live. We look like them and we act like them. How do we act again? How do those guys govern themselves? Yep, you got it. Unconditional love, humble service, and unbreakable unity. That's it. Those are the three conditions to get the kingdom of heaven right where you are. We also call it the clean water kingdom. Yep, that's the clean water kingdom. Come to your house and mine. If we live like this, we're in clean water. Because most of the world has been motivated by fear or rejection or dictatorship. Most of the world is criticizing each other. Yep, that's the way the enemy runs his kingdom. But in our kingdom, the kingdom of love, it's unconditional. Where we humbly serve each other and when there's unbreakable unity. Wow, that's such good news. Let me tell you what happens when we act and live and look like the Trinity. This is what happens. Jesus prayed this in John 17. Yep, Lectio Divina. Some of you read that this week. This is what Jesus prays. He's praying for you. At that time, he was praying for you. Here's what he says. I pray also for those who will believe you. That's you, Thrive. You who believe in Jesus through the disciples' message. That all the believers may be one. Father. Jesus is saying, Father, just as you are in me and I'm in you, may they also be in us. 
so that the world may believe that you sent me. Wow, that's powerful. What Jesus is saying is, if we can live in clean water, then what happens is everybody starts to believe that Jesus is real, that he came, born as a man, died and rose again. The best example of that, the best way that we can help show that he's real is that we would live in clean water. Yep. What a great thing, don't you think? Check this out. If Barry and Megan live like this, you write your own names in those circles on the bottom. You can put your spouse. It could be you and your son or your daughter. It could be you and your parent, you and your workmate. It doesn't matter who is on the bottom. If we all are able to love each other unconditionally, humbly serve, and we're unbreakable in unity, we got something. Let me tell you about humble service again. So in this picture where Barry is not worried about himself, it's not a kingdom of me, it's a kingdom of us. So he would unconditionally serve, uh, sorry, unconditionally love Megan and, the, and God, and then he would humbly serve her just like he would be serving God. He doesn't need to worry about himself. Watch this. Megan doing the same thing. She's humbly serving Barry and humbly serving God. Yep. You know it. Here's what happens. God then humbly serves you. And he serves your spouse or your son or daughter, your child, the other person in the other circle. That you don't need to worry about yourself because when your focus is on another, you're blessed, you're served. I remember uh, I was running um, football drills for my team. It was a team in a uh, high school team and they were tired, but we were doing um, those last sort of sprints where they had to run a hundred yards and they were exhausted. They were crying. They were um, really whining and complaining because it was so hard. And so I did something I just kind of off the top of my head came up with. I said, hey, grab a partner. So they did. And then I said, okay, one jump on the other's back. And you have to horsey back the guy a hundred yards. And I said, okay, and you who are riding, I just want you to whisper in your in his ear, you cheer this guy on. You make sure that he gets to the to the other side. And then you who are being the horse, you're serving the guy on your back. It ended up turning into a great big fun love fest. And you know what? They were running and they kept running and nobody noticed how tired they were because their attention wasn't on themselves anymore. They were humbly serving the other. And what happens is there's a joy that comes. There is a, an energy that comes. That's the power that God was talking about in Ephesians. It's incredible. The power to die so that somebody else can live. The power to humbly serve that you would show that Jesus came. What an incredible thing. All right, let's remember again what it is that we would 
uh, have the kingdom of clean water here with us. Would you tell your neighbor, what are the three conditions for clean water? Go ahead, tell them. Yep. Yep. That's it. You got it. All right. And then what happens when we live in clean water? What happens when we live in clean water? Yep. All the people in dirty water, they, they want to start swimming to us. Because what we have is the Lord's joy. We have his peace. We have his patience. We have every fruit of the Holy Spirit. When you're living in clean water, it's amazing. All you got to do is check it out. Just try it. Try it. It works. I promise you, it works. 57 texts today. Oh my gosh. All right. And then what happens when we live in clean water? What happens? Yep, the world knows that Jesus is real. He came. Miracles happen. Can I pray for you, Thrive Church? Father, you're amazing. Thank you for your good word, for your people. You came to let us know, Jesus, that God is real and that you and he are one. And that you've sent the Holy Spirit to help us to be one with all three of you. Thank you, Lord. Would these seeds of real faith be deposited in every ear who heard this today? That they would begin to, just like you, Jesus, unconditionally love, humbly serve. And would there be an unbreakable unity with all that they have relationship with? In the same way you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one we desire that we would be one as well so we pray that now upon thrive church on all they cover in their entire community in their pastor and his spouse on their blessing of sabbatical and rest in all of us we pray this for us the clean water kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven in jesus name amen Thrive Church, it's been my pleasure to be with you. We love you. God bless you. Have a great day. Aloha.